Hey guys, um, I was just going through my, all my prayer journals and everything. When I moved, I had a big stack of like prayer journals and my prayer books and I finally went through them and I was trying to figure out, I was looking for a specific journal, but I don't know where it is yet, so I don't know where I put it. Um, but in that I found three different little like prayer books that have other they have um reading content in them as well and I'm also recording on my headphones so hopefully the quality is good um or at least decent um but I just thought I'd read a couple of these to you guys I'll probably split them up in three different episodes because they're from three different little prayer books um the first one I'm going to be reading from is from Fulton Sheen's one of his prayer books that was put together by Sophia Press, um, or Sophia Institute, I think, actually. Sophia Institute Press. Um, and it's called Wartime Prayer Book. Um, and I don't really know exactly. Oh, okay, so the publisher's note says, Fulton Sheen composed this prayer book in 1943 during a time of great danger and suffering for the United States and the world. Our world has fallen again into the shadow of war and terror stalks souls in many lands. May these prayers that brought holiness and comfort to an earlier wartime generation bring goodness and consolation to ours. Um, so he has, it, the, in the appendix it gives, there's a whole setup. Um, he talks about the thoughts on wartime of soldiers, reflection prayer, looking into your soul, um, and encouragement. And I turn to the section of encouragement and it's at chapter six it's a really tiny it's like a pocket book which I understand why he made it because it, obviously he made it initially for like for people to carry around as encouragement um and to always be able to like have it in your pocket or whatever um but I'm yeah so I'm going to start reading his section on encouragement um and see okay when you begin to be infinitely wicked and god ceases to be infinitely merciful then you can begin to despair we are not mo we are not most wicked when we are most conscious of our sins but when we are not conscious of them when we realize we are sinners we see by a better light when we realize we are sick we perceive the need of the great physician there is only one thing in the world worse than sin and that is the refusal to recognize that we are sinners if I had never sinned, I would never I could never call Christ Savior. Did not our Lord say we would never reject any man coming to he would never reject any man coming to him? All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. The thief on the cross died a thief, for he stole paradise. Paradise may be stolen again. God loves you more than you love yourself. As Saint Augustine as St. Augustine said, God loves us, everyone, as though there was but one of us to love. Could an architect plan a building without planning its smallest details? Could God make a universe without a providential plan for every one of us? I am the good shepherd. I know mine, and mine know me. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there shall be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. What do you think if a man 
has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than uh, over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into the far country, and there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him and the son to him and the son said to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and make merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to make merry Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. A woman once went to the curie of ours, St. John Vianney, and said, My husband has fa just fallen off a bridge. He has not been to the sacraments in twenty years, a double death. His soul is lost. Father Vianney answered, Madame, there is a little distance between the bridge and the water. Never give up hope. Him who comes to me, I will not cast out. It is so hard to admit that one is a sinner. It is so hard to climb the hill of Calvary and kneel beneath a cross and ask for pardon and forgiveness. Certainly it is hard, but it is harder to hang there. Why do we feel so disgusted after we have sinned? For the same reason that we feel pain when we break a bone. Things are not as they ought to be. We have, a dis we have disturbed God's order. Remorse is the voice of God calling us back again to peace. The floating bell buoys, <laughs> bell buoys on the ocean need no hands to ring them. The restless waves do the work. So does remorse toll the bells of an uneasy conscience. The pleasures of the world are always delightful in anticipation, disgusting in retrospect. The joys of the spirit seem difficult in prospect, but are thrilling in their possession. God is reminding us that our peace is in him. What death is in the physical order, sin is in the spiritual order, the loss of life. The wages of sin is death. In one instance, we lose our physical life, in the other, our eternal life. And the loss of that kind of life is hell. You have the name of being alive, and you are dead. Do not think of God as always looking around corners with an angel as a secretary to jot down all your sins. He is also looking at your good deeds, seeing every drink of cold water you give in his name, every visit to the sick you make in his name, every act of kindness you do for your fellow men in his name. 
It is hard to understand why God should care so much for sinners, but does not a mother rejoice more at the recovery of her sick child than at the continued health of the rest of the family? Did not the prodigal son get the fatted calf while the one who stayed at home was not so much as a given as given a goat? There are only two classes of people in the world, those who fall and stay down and those who fall and get up again. Count your resurrections as well as your falls. Anyways, I just wanted to share that little, um, little, I don't know what you would call that section from that book, um, wartime prayer book thing by Fulton Sheen. This is a little bit of encouragement and also, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good to read because I feel like um I try to go to confession like weekly sometimes I don't get to but I try to um and sometimes it is hard to like keep going and like hold yourself accountable and um try and be disciplined um and then if you fall into like a certain sin that you've been trying to root out of your life it's kind of disappointing and also like it's really hard to not fall into despair but I thought that was a really good encouragement if you are trying your heart you're trying very hard to um keep going to confession and do your best or if you haven't gone to confession in a long time um you can always go um yeah I don't know there's no judgment (laughs) if you haven't gone to confession in a long time nobody honestly I think Nobody really cares um, how long it's been. They just are happy that you're there and that you're trying and that you're pursuing God. Ultimately, he's pursuing you, but um, you're restoring that relationship with him. Um, All right, I guess that's it for today. Thanks, guys, for listening.